what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, are you ready to turn your side hustle into a full-time business? We'll talk with Charles Alexander from the Tennessee Small Business Development Center and owner and founder of Explainer Videos to help you make that jump from a part-timer to a full-time entrepreneur. We'll also be sharing some small businesses of the month that we recommend that you can be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at the Catawba Valley Community College Small Business Center in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the Executive Dean of Economic Development and Corporate Education at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, did I get that right? Great job, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. We try to change the title about once a month just to keep you on your toes. Now you're you're good for the business card business. So yes, like, that's exactly uh, you, right. You must be updating them on a regular basis, or do you just have one with your name on it and a question mark behind yeah, it? I just cross it out. Smart, uh, smart. Well, how how are things going? We're sitting here toward the end of January. It's a little chilly out there. We've had a little bit of snow. We might get some more snow. Your basketball team, Wake Forest, beat my basketball team, the University of North Carolina. You're having a great sports year. This has Your been a magic team. time at Wake Forest. The football team had a record year, and the basketball team, 17-4, and four, first time in 15 years. Well, congratulations. We're excited, and but we're Wake Forest fans, so we know there's a good chance we may not win another game the rest of the way. Well, so we're thankful. Well, I, you know, I, I, as a as a North Carolina Tar Heel fan, I I find it hard to work up any anger and hatred toward Wake Forest. I save that for for other rivals, but uh, I wish you luck. Well, thank you, and we appreciate that. We're the small kid on the block, and I refer to us as Switzerland. Nobody cares about us because they know we can't beat anybody. Well, you, we hope that you're able to maintain your neutrality there. So we're, that's what we're going to do. Well, I'm happy that we have a guest with us today. We have uh, Charles Alexander, who's joining us from Tennessee. Charles, how are you doing today? Gentlemen, I am fantastic. How are both of you? We're great, and glad you're with us. Well, glad you're with us. And uh, Charles says that his mission in life is to help entrepreneurs get focused and beat the odds of business failure. As I mentioned, he is the director of the Tennessee Small Business Development Center at Volunteer State College where he provides uh, one-on-one business coaching, teaches seminars, and helps entrepreneurs grow their business. I, I can relate to that, Charles. It's uh, good to uh, talk with you. And Charles has worked with over 1,000 entrepreneurs. And, and uh, in addition to working with entrepreneurs, uh, Charles has started his own business calling, uh, called Explainer Videos, which uh, help busy professionals in a variety of areas. Tell us a little bit about Explainer Videos, Charles. Gentlemen, it's a pretty simple concept. I create 90-second story-based videos in my niche, and you guys are here in the South with me. It's uh, I say niche. I know it's probably supposed to be pronounced niche, but that would get you beat up where I, yeah, niche, you know, where I grew here. up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my niche is primarily more than not financial advisors and insurance agents, independent financial advisors and insurance agents that are trying to stand out from a crowded marketplace. 
I kind of fell backwards into that several years ago while I was trying to start uh, something entirely different and uh, quickly discovered along the way that video seems to beat the written word uh, multiple times over. So it's a simple concept. You've been to somebody's website, they have what you might call a cartoon video that says, hey, this is Jeff. Jeff's issue is X, Y, Z. Makes him feel this way. And, you know, the solution is to work with Gary. Gary knows how to help Jeff in all these variety of ways. And they have a happy ending and life moves on. Well, that sounds, that sounds good, great. and you're you're and you're you're the creative uh, genius behind all this, and and uh, and and do all the work there. Creative genius is a relative term. For the first year or two or three, even yes, I was the uh, head cook, bottle washer, CEO, and president, where I would write the you know write the script. I would uh, you know take care of the voiceover, uh, and I, and I've quit doing the voiceover. It turns out that. Uh, not everybody is uh, appreciative of a Forrest Gump style uh, voiceover, but uh, I would create the video from beginning to end. And I've grown it to such a point where I finally had to learn to practice what I preach a little bit, same as you do, Jeff, when you're uh, discussing scaling up with small business owners, is that if you want to be king, you can touch everything in your business. If you want to make money and get out of the way and not be the bottleneck, you have to learn to delegate and automate and deal with imperfection. So that's what I ended up doing. Uh, at this point, I have a virtual assistant that takes care of a lot of the legwork. I have a script writer. I have a few different video animators and a ton of different voiceover artists to choose from. So I will make the sale and then pop my head in occasionally to make sure the video is going as planned and delivered on time. No good deal. Well, Sounds uh, great. Sounds like uh, you're you're walking the walk and talking the talk in terms of uh, what you're what you're working on with people. So tell us a you little know, bit. It's not, it sounds like that. Not to interrupt you, I had to go out and hire my own business coach because I fi- <laughs> figured out very quickly I am my worst client. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I can relate to that as well, and that uh, people should be doing what we tell them to do, not always what we are doing. So uh, correct, it's like uh, parenting. Yeah. Right. Well, well, tell us a little bit about uh, your work is uh, with, with these the small business development center there at uh, Volunteer State College. What do you, what, what sort of things you up to there? Well, uh, very similar to what you do. What we provide is two things: low cost, or even in some cases, free training for small business owners, or even uh, soon to be small business owners. Most or all of those workshops are now uh, online or on demand. We do. Uh, Topics such as not just starting a business, but helping people with social media and QuickBooks and scaling their business and reading financial statements and just all kinds of wonderful different topics. Uh, And then we also provide free one-on-one business coaching. So if you have launched a business or you've been in business 10 years and you know something's not quite right, but you don't know what it is, that's what we do. We sit down with you, walk through whatever you're currently doing in your business, what your goals are, and try to help you construct some steps on how to get there. And we do you know, one-on-one personal advising. And if we don't have the answer, we'll try to help find you somebody that does and even point you to some professional resources such as CPAs and uh, attorneys if you need those. Well, sounds good. Sounds like um, I'm, I'm sure you meet some interesting people. Oh, my. The past year and a half, uh, and I'm sure it would be the same for you, has been, uh, yeah, the the interesting has jumped off the page. There's a lot of people that, you know, as soon as we were, as soon as the uh, pandemic hit, and I remember uh, my college uh, sent us all home uh, March 17th, 2020, uh, we were 
I was uh, ignorantly assuming we'd you know take two three weeks and kind of ride this pandemic thing out, and then for the next two or three months, I worked harder from home than I ever did in the office, uh, trying to help people navigate all things PPP and idle. We understand that. Yep, I'll bet. And we're to, I added to your list of interesting people. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it sounds like uh, you do spend a lot of time uh, talking and working with people who might have. They might have a hobby that they're generating a little bit sure. of revenue from and, and might be trying to figure out uh, how to make that leap from side hustle to, to full-time sure. business. Sounds like uh, with your videos, you did a little bit of that as well. So, so uh, when people come to you, uh, you know, what sort of things do you, do you think about or ask them to be thinking about as they, as they contemplate uh, making that leap? So the big focus I've made over the past year or so is really trying to lean in on a lot of these people who are working a full-time job. There are many of them, let's say in some form or fashion in corporate America, have been doing the same thing 10, 15 years in order to supplement their income. Several people now have side hustles, a term that I really don't, I, I don't care for, but it's because it sounds very jargony and buzzword worthy, but everybody knows what it means. So it's not unusual for, let's say your, I don't know, your, your banking branch manager to have a side deal where they, you know, sell some stuff online or your a school teacher that's also a landscaper or your fireman that's also an electrical contractor. Uh, but so many of them want to make that adjustment, want to make that leap. And the, the great resignation, so to speak, isn't just uh, the, the fry cook that doesn't want to go back to Burger King. It's there, there are a lot of people in corporate America who got that break and worked from home and realized, I don't want to go back. I've been, um, you know, been doing the same thing the same way for the past decade or two or three, and they realize there's more to life than that, and they want to chase and do something that they really enjoy. And several of them have even started doing that to a certain degree, but they don't know how to make that adjustment, how to take it from side hustle and turn it into a full-time business. And that's where I've had a, a lot of focus on is trying to teach them where that breaking point is and where know how to save uh, appropriately for what systems need to be in place first and then more than anything overcoming the the self-doubt or the worry uh, of of doing that do do you find that uh, there are uh, some tipping points out there that uh, people should be looking for i mean is it uh, is it doing some sort of financial analysis or is it uh, you know, as you said, is it sometimes a more of a confidence thing, and that uh, people are just unsure of whether they can make it that way? I mean, are, are there there are certain things that you try to key in on when you sit down sure. with folks? First thing I always ask them is, "What is their goal?" And you'd be surprised. I say you'd be, you wouldn't be surprised. Many other people would be very surprised over the lack of goals. When I ask somebody what their goal is, there's usually a pause. And then about a five-minute explanation that never really comes in on a goal. It's just, hey, you know, Jeff, I just just want to do what I love and blah, 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 and woo-woo answer and change the world and help people. And all of those are fantastic things. And I generally will let them do that and re regroup them afterwards say, that's great. What I meant to say was, what's your monetary goal? What is your revenue goal? How much money do you have to personally make to keep the lights on, mortgage paid, and kids fed? That's the important thing. If we don't do that, none of the rest of it occurs. So that's that's the first thing I always ask people. How much, not, not even what they want to make. What do you have to make? 
And then once we get that narrowed down, then what do you want to make? What is the long-term one, two, three-year goal uh, of revenue? Once we have that on paper, you can break that down to monthly and to weekly. And that brings you into the second kind of question is what is your personal financial situation? And that's the second one that a lot of people don't have a clue about. You know, they created a budget 10 years ago after they went through a Dave Ramsey class or used Mint that one time and never updated it afterwards. And if you can get people to narrow down, this is how much money we have to make to keep everything going. Uh, that's that's kind of the goal. And it doesn't mean that you have to bring your side hustle to that point before you quit, but you at, need, at least need either a savings account, uh, at, you know, line of credit somewhere or a combination of both before you make that leap. And I say you need that. Many people don't do that. They kind of just burn the boats and have had enough of uh, doing what, what they don't want to do anymore. And off they go. Uh, the biggest thing I try to prevent people from doing is cracking open their 401ks mm -hmm. uh, or, or making uh, any other kind of uh, kind of scary move. And when I say, go ahead. I like to say a big long-term decision that they'll regret. Oh. Or, or, There's or, something magical about a $25,000, $30,000 mark and then the $100,000 mark. Those are the two that once they get into a 401k, people feel like, yep, that's it. I need to, I need to open it up, lose 40% and get that cash. <laughs> or, or, yeah, they can uh, put it on their credit cards at uh 30% interest rate or yep. something mm -hmm. like that, you know? So that's uh, something you want to be uh, uh, especially wary of as well. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're talking to folks about, uh, you know, making that, uh, switch from part-time to, to, to full-time and, and you look at it, you, you probably seen a lot of startups that haven't worked out. You know, so, uh, you know, what, what things do business owners often miss when they're, when they're, uh, thinking about making this leap? You know, why, why, why do they often fail? Well, there's a, there's gosh, a hundred reasons. Uh, I think the SBA has a top 10. I, I've tried to narrow it down to a, um, a seven deadly sins type of thing. Uh, and, and most of it is a lack of, of certain things that they just don't have yet. First and foremost, as unfair as it is, they don't have any experience necessarily at running a business, which is, I made this analogy a second ago, you know, like parenting. You don't know until you get into it. Mm -hmm. You can read all the books, take all the advice known to mankind, but until you, you get hit in the face with it, it's, there's no way to replicate that. Uh, but there's also the lack of capital and a lack of cash flow right out of the gate that most people just don't prepare for. And it's not that hard to do to look at what you're currently doing, multiply it out by the number of hours you're working a full-time job that will now be dedicated to the business and saying, you know, th this is what I think I could project to do. Um, and, and then one of them, as silly as it sounds, is just a lack of planning. And a lot of the businesses owners I work with uh, their version of planning is, I don't know, man, uh, thinking about it just a little bit, praying about it, sleeping on it, getting friends and family to get all, get them all fired up and tell them, you know, Gary, you just make the absolute best brownies. I bet, I'll bet you could just do this on a full-time basis mm -hmm. and you could be the Kate, you know, browner, brownie caterer of uh, middle Tennessee, uh, but they don't, you know, they just don't plan for it. And by planning, I don't mean a 50 page business plan built out a live plan that's got all these uh you know 
charts and graphs in it that nobody will ever look at. Just basic common sense stuff of I want to make X number of dollars. This is how I plan to get there. Um, and even, you know, even after you do that, knowing that a lot of it will go out of the window, but at least you went through the process. And uh, I always, I kind of look at it like, um, well, you guys ever been on a cruise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. Okay. So I've got three kids and they're now ages 13, 10 and nine. And we had taken them to Disney once or twice and the wife wanted to level things up and take them on a Disney cruise, primarily because I guess she's not worried about sending all three of them to college. Those things are friggin' expensive. <laughs> um, but a cruise, the idea of it is that I don't have to do a lot of thinking or planning, right? I just show up and they shuffle you around like cattle all day long and tell you, tell you where to go, what to eat, how to dress, where we're going to port. And it's, it's great. I, I can just check full into dad mode and don't have a, don't have to use any of my brain cells. My wife, she's a planner. She's an accountant by trade, does, has her own bookkeeping business she's done from home. So before we go on this Disney cruise, she creates an Excel spreadsheet uh, that has every color code you could think of, multiple tabs. Uh, I think there's V lookups in there. I don't even know what a V lookup is, but she has us uh, scheduled on top of their schedule to the nth degree. Uh, even, you know, what we're what characters we're going to dress up as each night. One night we'd had to do uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and she made me be grumpy for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, it dawned on me. She had done more planning for a cruise that's seven days and didn't need any planning than I'd bet 90% of the entrepreneurs I've worked with do before they ever launch a business. Well, she sounds like she'd be a real pleasure to go on vacation with. I hope uh, I hope the cruise was a grand time. It's a ta- it, it was a grand time, but brother, she is an absolute taskmaster. We we made we hit every show, met every character, we we did it all. Sounds incredibly relaxing there, uh, Charles. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, so that's great. That's great. So you know, you you, you talked a little bit about uh, you know the planning aspect of it, and something that that Gary and I try to focus on when we talk to folks is the the idea of you know what what we call customer discovery. Uh, you know, before before I decide that I'm gonna that my brownies are the best out there uh, right. that everybody's gonna want, I probably should ask more than just my family, my friends who might want to make sure that holiday meals continue to go well and 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 don't offend, and try to find some unbiased uh, uh, feedback from people out there. Is that something that that uh, you find that uh, people are willing to do, or is that something you have to get them to do at gunpoint? Uh, more of the latter. Their version of testing it is to do just what you said. I asked family and friends, what do you think about whatever it is I'm going to do? Uh, I, I use the landscaper example. Uh, generally, you'll find the guy that's around my age that is tired of sitting in a corporate meeting somewhere being told he didn't put his TPS reports on, on correctly. So he's He's uh, got fed up with it. He's staring outside watching the guy mow the yard in uh, April and thinking, man, I could pop in my earbuds and just just doze off for the day. It'd be great. So he trucks out to Lowe's and buys a zero-turn radius mower on you know, the Lowe's credit card with no money down and then comes back in August realizing that this is a lot of hard work and he hasn't got paid yet. The reason he did that is because he asked you know, his wife, and she said, well, just whatever you think, honey, I have faith in you. He asked his uh, Aunt Linda and she was like, "Yeah, it makes total sense. Why not? Uh, you you go, you know, they you you YOLO. Just go, get out there and do whatever it is you want to do." And what I explained to them is the exact same thing you just said. Find people who don't know, like, and trust you. 
that are potential customers and go ask them. So before you start that landscaping business, especially if you think you're going to get large corporate accounts, go talk to them first and see what they have to say. See what the pricing is. See what other people uh, are willing to pay for. And we have this ability now more than ever, especially if you're trying to do anything remotely close to being online to test and, and I, you know, go to Facebook, go to Google, go to wherever and, you know, boost some ads and see if somebody's willing to buy what you have sight unseen. And if it's more face to face, door to door, go through the process of figuring out who the potential best customer is. And the be- and if you already think your best customer could be anybody, you got to go back to square one because that is not the case. Uh, but once you have that customer avatar, another buzzword that sounds like side hustle. Uh, once you know who your target market is, go find other people like that. You'd be surprised at how willing folks are to provide feedback to you with almost nothing in return. I mean, if you wanted to get a focus group and give out a couple of gift cards, uh, that'd be great. But you don't even have to do that. Take a couple of half days off work here and there and go visit these potential customers. Find out, do they want this product or service? What do they like or what are they not getting from existing competitors? And most importantly, I also identify price points. So many people kind of skip over that and then try to, you know, reverse engineer. Well, what do you think they would pay? Well, I don't know. What do you want to charge? Well, I don't know. Let's see what everybody else charges. That's not the right way to do it. Uh, you, you go talk to the customer first and they'll let you know. You know, another issue that you you said that people often run into, uh, you know, is the whole capital. Do we have enough money to make this happen? You know, do, whether it be credit line, whether it be whatever. You know, what uh, when it comes to bootstrapping a business and and trying to do it uh, internally versus looking for outside money. You know, how do you how do you advise people to, to pursue uh, proceed down that road? Well, the first thing I want to make sure I address before I forget. And I assume you guys could second it. Please do not spend a disproportionate amount of your time looking for free grants. Mm -hmm. I have been inundated over the last year and a half people looking for free money. And for years I've told them there was no free money to start a business because I've never seen free money to start a business. I've just seen people lose money paying you know, somebody online to go down a rabbit hole that doesn't exist. The uh, guy that used to come on TV with a question mark looked like the Riddler. Uh, I think, what was his name? Matthew Lesko, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Or I'm just some we, nice. We, we all know who it is. We, we don't need to know his name, but we, we, we know who you're talking about. That's the editing part. You, you can go back. Yeah, I don't, but I don't anyway, remember. Don't, yeah, we, don't, don't go looking. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying that, uh, not, not to discourage you, but. I just have never met anybody got any money to free money to launch a business. Uh, in terms of finding outside capital, I have to explain to people very quickly. If this is a startup, even though there are commercial loans from a bank, SBA loans, the seven a loan, it's a possibility, but more than not, you need to be, it'd be a great idea if you could just get this thing off the ground on the side for at least two years to get a proof of income going before you ever walked into a bank. So how do you know when you need to, you just, it depends on what your goals are. Again, if I plan on going storefront, buying equipment and hiring people, and I've already got income coming in, that may be the time to do it. But the the five C's of credit are the same as they've been for years. And just to super simplify it, you need to have some cash to put down some collateral. Uh, but most importantly for the startup is cash flow. And many people just, they don't, they don't know that. Uh, when they walk into the bank, they want to quit their job and they go get a loan. 
banks don't like that. They don't want you to have zero income and then lend you money based mm -hmm. off of projections of a business that doesn't exist. You have to be around for a couple of years before they do that. And if you have a, let's say a spouse that has a decent income that can help, you know, with those cash flow things. Generally, I like to tell people bootstrap it as much as humanly possible, not to a point where it chokes the business and you know, prevents you from growing, but it's cheap to bootstrap and, and test things. Uh, and you know, it, it, save save the dollars you have that's why again why i like the side hustle piece of the puzzle is not only are you testing it but you're generating that initial income uh, that can help you uh, catapult your business into a full-time deal well one of the first people i worked with uh when i when i started counseling with people reminded me say you know there's there's going to be plenty of ways for people when they're starting a business to spend their money just remind them They'll have plenty of opportunities to spend the money. Don't spend it until it really hurts. You know, keep it keep it close to you because uh, don't worry whether it be marketing, whether it be legal, whether it be equipment. They're going to find plenty of ways to spend money. So try to get them to I hold tried. on to it as long as possible. So yeah, there's something magic when you borrow that money. It doesn't feel quite as painful as it does when you had to save it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're still going to pay it back though with interest. So yes. Uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about scaling a business. You know, what, what, recommend, what recommendations do you have for folks that uh, you talk to when they're looking to, to grow and, and scale a new business? First thing I tell them to do is identify what they do in their business that only they can do. I'll use my explainer videos as an example. First few years, I did everything. And then I finally decided I want to double this thing. Well, I can't do all of it and double it. What is it that I have to do that only I can do? And in many of those cases, it, as silly as it sounds, wasn't explainer video uh, driven at all. It was a lot of the copywriting, so to speak, for some of the marketing because it needed to be in my voice because people are really buying me as much or more than they are the explainer video. And I needed to be the one that did the follow-up or any sales call because, again, this is I'm the one that's passionate about it. I'm the one that's going to close it and I'm the one that's going to shepherd the process. And I figured out very quickly, there's all kinds of little nuances of whether it's LinkedIn marketing emails or follow-ups or research or any of these things that I could find somebody else to do. And that's exactly what it did. I found a, a virtual assistant uh, in the Philippines, as a matter of fact, that uh, does a lot of this back-end work that I don't have to do. And then I figured out I don't have to be the one that writes the script. So I found a script writer. I don't have to be the one that creates video. So I found a video person. Once you identify exactly only what you have to do, make a list of all the other things you do in your business. And if you don't know what that is, and this is uh, you guys may can give me some advice. I failed uh, amazingly at trying to get people to do this, but track your activities every moment of every day for a week or even two. I did this for myself and it's pretty painful, but it's very eye opening is every time you switch tasks, uh, which is a, an amazing problem that a lot of small business owners have because they don't say focus on one thing at a time, uh, but write it down. I've kept a spreadsheet forever. Uh, and this is what I ask small business owners to do. Keep a spreadsheet, track everything you do, come back at the end of the week, look at it, categorize it. How long did it take? How important was it? What could I give somebody else? What am I doing every day that I don't want to do and that somebody could do better, faster, cheaper? Group those together and then create whatever you want to call it, job descriptions or SOPs on exactly how to do this. And this is easier to do than ever before. 
you can use screen capture software that's free for because so many of these tasks and activities are online. They're mm -hmm. at your laptop. You're not up physically doing a thing outside somewhere. Uh, record it, record it, type out some instructions, hand it off to somebody else. Know that when they first do it, they're going to break a thing or two because you didn't do a great job at training them, but let them break it. It won't be the end of the world. They'll figure it out pretty quickly. And then that's outsourced. You don't do that anymore. You pay them whatever the, the going rate is, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks, uh, depending on who you're using. And that frees you up to do other things. Uh, and that's, that's the oversimplify it. But again, if you're retail, your storefront, your manufacturing, uh, figure out what those tasks are, write them down, document them, hand them off to somebody else and be willing to retrain them and you'll see your business grow. How did you get yourself the mindset to be able to give that up? Because a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs Oof. want to that, hold on right. to it because they're the only ones. That it's their baby. I'm the, I'm the king of the castle. Nobody... And for years I heard this, you know, people would come in and say, you know, nobody won't. And, and right now they may be onto something, but nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to do things the right way. Well, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and what they were essentially saying is just what you said. They, they had it in their mind that they were the only ones that could touch every aspect of their business. Uh, in terms of changing your mindset, that is exactly that. That's it. It's that's the only thing you have to change is your mindset. What I would tell people, and this is what I even had to do for myself, just start small. You don't have to, if it's big and scary, don't outsource yet. Start off with a few of the smaller things, and then assuming those are successful, and they usually are, that helps change the mindset. Right, if you get like, some I don't successes, have to, for oh sure. Oh, my gosh, yes. That, that task that you dreaded, whether, you know, that's why my wife has a bookkeeping business. So most small business owners are not bookkeepers. In fact, mm, they don't absolutely. even do it. They just let it pile up to the side. And <laughs> exactly. The QuickBook fairy waves a wand over it. Uh, but once you outsource little bits and pieces of that and you see that somebody else can do it and that doesn't mean you have to do it anymore, your mindset changes very quickly and you start looking, what else can I get rid of uh, to do that? In terms of just changing the mindset, uh, it sounds cliche, but go back to the goal. What is the goal? How important is the goal? Does it make a big difference in your life? Is what you're currently doing going to help you reach that goal or do you have to change? Uh, and if you can focus on that, that helps shift away from the I have to do everything to I can find somebody else to do part of it. Yeah, I, I think those are really good points. And I, I, I think we all see you know, people who, because it's their company, they've sort of come up with it. They're very hesitant to let go of certain things. And it's hard for them to let go of, of certain things. But once you start to do it, sort of like what Charles is saying, of um, it, it can be so refreshing. So that's uh, that's a, a good way to well, look at it. There is. You're going to free yourself up so that you focus on the things that are critical to the business. That, yeah. As you said, only you can do or feel that way. Well, right. Yeah, there's, a, there's the saying of uh, you need to spend less time working in your business and more time working on your business. So that's, that's how many times have you guys uh, referred people to the e myth? I've, I've done that a bit. So for anybody listening, that e myth or the e myth at this point revisited by Michael Gerber is a fantastic book. It's written in a narrative format about a lady named Sarah that owns a bakery, and she thought if you did what you Love, you never work a day in your life. And they open the uh, story with her, you know, 4 a.m., you know, head head in hands crying because she's working in the business uh, steadfastly and not on the business. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Charles, this has been some uh, some uh, good pointers for our listeners. What other uh, recommendations or do's or don'ts do you uh, have to share with folks who might be uh, either in startup mode or trying to make that leap uh, sure. from, their, from the part-time pace? If they're getting ready to make that leap, I, or even in just getting started, I tell people, just get started in some cases. Don't wait. Don't. Don't uh, make sure they have the perfect business plan before they ever launch. Don't don't spend a ton of money on the website and the logo and trademarking everything and going out and getting every single solitary license there is known to mankind. Uh, if you have zero dollars going yet, you know in many many places you, you're allowed to make up to at least three grand uh, before it's considered anything above a hobby. And then even if you go to four or five, there's not somebody knocking at the door with a long black trench coat and a briefcase that's going to haul you away, just try, go throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, and what you'll see more than anything uh, is what kind of brings you back to what Gary was talking about. The bigger issue you're going to run into is mindset stuff. And that's things I ignored for years as a, you know, as a counselor, because I didn't worry that much about what I considered to be the woo woo part of it, but it makes a huge difference. What your lizard brain will stop you from doing you have to be willing to push through some, and I quit using the word fear because nobody wants to admit they have fear, but the concern, the worry, the straw man arguments they can create in their head over and over. So that's one of the first things I would tell them to do. That's a, a, a hidden kind of thing. Don't, you don't have to set up shop fully. Just go out and try some stuff first. Uh, just other things, be willing to figure out what you can outsource and delegate out of the gate. And I uh, think what you hit on earlier is figure out who that prime customer is. I couldn't tell you the number of people you know, well, we sell hats. So anybody with a hat, <laughs> which sounds cute, but there's a difference between somebody with a top hat and a tiara and, uh, you know, baseball cap. I even look, you know, going back to look at my kids, McDonald's is a $20 billion business. But if you think strongly about McDonald's, and even though we have all eaten there, whether we want to admit it or not, who do you think their targeted customer base is guys? It's probably not us. That's right. It's, it's not you guys. Uh, they'll be happy to serve you a Big Mac, but they're, they target children. That's why they had the Happy Meal Play Place, uh, Creepy Clown, and the whole nine is to is to bring in those customers. They've tried to branch out few uh, from it a few times. They always come back to their core, and that's you know if a twenty billion dollar business can come up with you know if it's direct consumer, if it's male female, what the background is, what they do, or if it's business to business, what industry, how many employees. That's what you ought to be doing. Well, fortunately, when uh, your kids drag you there for the chicken McNuggets, they'll have a high-end chicken sandwich that you can pay $7 for. So uh, That's correct. There you I've go. Tried, I've, I love the chicken sandwich where I have tried them all. Ah. Popeye's is the winner. All right. Popeye's a little spicy for me. But, of course, oh, man. I am a McDonald's fan. I start my day out with a 32-ounce Coke. You know, so I think this is, this, this is a good transition, uh, Charles, to, to bring us into our lightning round where we can ask you some more personal questions and, and learn more about uh, Charles. And, and uh, this month's uh, lightning round is being sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance, whether it be term, life, auto, you always need more insurance. Am I right? Absolutely. All right. Well, you should check out Ned Ryerson Insurance. It'll it'll be out there on the internet. We got some very quick questions for you, uh, Charles. Uh, so, uh, quick questions, quick answers. First question: okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? Right now, not to pick on my thirteen-year-old daughter, but the obsessive use of the word "like." Okay. 
And I'm betting your 13 year old daughter doesn't listen to our podcast, but uh, that's okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it to save her life. That's why I felt very easy to call her out when she's. I'm taking her to school, and she's like, "Well, like in this, like in this, you like." Bless her heart. All right. <laughs> What, uh, you know, you talked about cruises, you talked about Disney, favorite vacation spot that uh, you would most like to visit? I'm going to tell you one that I've already visited, not once but twice, and I never go back. It's a little boutique resort down in Cancun, adults only. Uh, it's only 100 or so rooms, all inclusive. Can't tell you that it's a uh, exciting or adventurous place, but at this point in my life, as we would say at church, this season of my life, uh, also an overused term. Uh, it's it's an easy place to kind of go and get away where you can just be uh, pampered for a week and stare mindlessly at the ocean. Well, and I, I hope your wife would still be able to plan out certain uh, things for you to do while you're there. She cannot, and that's why it is an amazing <laughs> place to visit. Question, what's your preference, Harry Potter, Star Wars, or Godfather movies? Woo, for me personally... As bad as I hate to admit it, I would have said years ago, Godfather, uh, it would have been an easy layup, but uh, sticking with the kids theme, now that we have uh, Disney Plus and we were stuck home for a year and a half, I've watched every single Star Wars movie and Harry Potter known to mankind. I'm going to stick with Star Wars, even though I do like Harry Potter. Got me and the boy right now are uh, watching, not Mandalorian, what's the other one? Uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. So okay. Star Star Wars by a nose, as much as I hate to admit it. Okay, uh, our our listeners cannot see it, but you're you're joining us today in your Titan sweatshirt. Yep. Eddie, Eddie George or Derrick Henry? Ooh, you know, uh, ba, 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 that's uh, I could get in trouble for either answer. I would say technically Eddie George. He's been there, done that, ten thousand rushing yards. The man is. Uh, uh, an icon, and uh, he's highly motivational. With that being said, I hope Henry gets a little healthier, comes back, has another 2,000-yard season, and I can change my mind. You can't go wrong with either. You know, there, there are no wrong answers right. there. Come yeah. on. So last question for you. If you had a superpower, what would it be? To stop thinking. Hmm. Okay. I don't think we've ever had that answer before. To stop thinking. Your your head's going too quickly. Well, not not that I'm such a brilliant thinker, uh, and this could just be something I've been into lately, and it does play quite a bit of a role in trying to help small business owners who think multitasking is the wave of the future, and they're constantly living, worrying about something that they did or how it affected them or worrying about something they're going to do and what they should do about it. I've been trying to and I've been on buzzwords today. Maybe maybe my uh, pet peeve ought to have been buzzwords because they're, and I'm starting to use them, but this mindfulness or this presence of being able to just focus on what we're discussing right now. Like even in this conversation, I'm already trying to anticipate what you're going to say next so I can figure out what I'm going to answer next in the middle of me answering a question. That, make, that can make a normal person absolutely crazy, and it makes it very difficult to operate a business. So if, you know, could be a little more mindful or present or just stop, you know, the, the bouncing around thoughts and just be focused in the moment, even though that doesn't sound like a superpower. I know very few people that can do it. So so ultimately, we want to get you to Cancun where you can chill and just let your mind relax, it sounds to me right. like. All right. All I right. don't know that that's great uh, for mindfulness or meditation, but it's close. All right. Well, it sounds pretty good to me. I don't know. 
Thank you very much for playing the lightning round with us. We really appreciate you joining us today. If people want to find you out there on the on the web or whatnot, where should they be looking? Easiest place, my website, yourcharlesalexander.com. Okay. So yourcharlesalexander.com. You can uh, find out, uh, get some more wisdom from Charles. You can uh, see a few of his videos out there and whatnot. So uh, some cool stuff out there. Charles, yes, we really... Oh, well, sorry. As I was going to say, I even have a free checklist for turning a side hustle into a small, uh, to a full-time business on there as well. That's right. Some free, some free resources for you out there. So we always like to wind up with uh, sharing a few small businesses that we've come across. Charles, you got one you want to do a shout out for? I do. Every year we give away, we have an award for our uh, rising star client. Uh, and upcoming, I haven't, haven't even made a local announcement yet, but we'll uh, we'll break it here. I don't know that a lot of people lo- uh, local will get to hear it, but I have a client that owns a owns the Salt Med Spa in Hendersonville. They started about five years ago and worked with me uh, at that point. And I don't know if you guys know what a Salt Med Spa is. It's I a don't. room that it, it's a. It's essentially a room that you can go into that is uh, full of Himalayan salt that's not just pumped through the air, but it's on the walls and on the ground. It, you'd have to Google it, but it has a tremendous uh, number of health benefits. Even this past uh, two weeks ago, I went in there. I, I have allergies like crazy, and they started to creep up again, and they have just been whipping me this year. I went in there, and after two sessions, it cleared right up. But uh, this business is a husband-wife team. Speaking of the side hustle to full time, they both kept their full time jobs, outsourced a lot of the work, brought their uh, daughter on, and uh, she runs the daily operation. They still have full time job, and they have, oh gosh, in the past three years doubled that business, and they are doing extremely well. And I'm very very happy for them. Salt Meds Bob Hendersonville. How far is that from here? Jeff, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to Google it and we'll find them and see. Hours. We, uh, I, I've actually had someone uh, come into our small business center with that idea. I've not successfully opened one yet, but uh, I, I am familiar with that. So it looks like uh, Charles is a, a positive uh, testimonial to the benefits of, uh, of that sort of business. Uh, good to hear. It's a thing. It's a thing. Very good. Gary, what, uh, what uh, business are you going to give a shout out to today? Well, Jeff, my business of the month is not so small, but I thought it was appropriate as we're getting close to the Super Bowl. Have you, either of you ever heard of the ultimate tailgate party? I don't know. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got some friends who would claim that they run one, but go well, ahead. I think, well, and of course, you know, all of us are sports fans. And so tailgating is a big deal before and, of course, after. Uh, and I've been hearing more and more about it. Uh, this fancy tailgating parties. I actually saw it on Shark Tank first. One yeah. Day. And I think that little, a little bit different. I think they're the tailgate guys. But the same concept. Uh, but it hit me when we, and I can say this because it probably won't happen again for a while, when Wake Forest was at the Gator Bowl uh, in, out, in Jacksonville, we walked by uh, these tailgate mm-hmm. parties that they had to really set up for the Jaguars game. But they're like little, they're, they're tiny homes. And they look like little Charleston-style homes. And I said, my gosh. And I got actually my wife turned and said, we could do a tailgate there. It looked really cool. And then, of course, they've got all these things for food, liquor, everything, you know, air-conditioned. And it's become a big deal. Uh, people are doing it all over, even at Wake Forest. 
Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have the Charleston-style houses, but, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about tiny houses before mm-hmm. on our podcast, and they've now become tailgate houses. And they're not that tiny. Not so, that tiny anymore. Okay. The ultimate tailgate party. Okay. We'll check that out. I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, a local business to us uh, mm-hmm. called uh, PQ CNC Works, which is a small business that uh, you know, we're, uh, started by a fellow that's a small business center client, Jorge Mora, who uh, does uh, small manufacturing, precision machining, prototyping for a lot of manufacturers. Uh, uh, he's got his own equipment, started his own business, and as far as, as we've talked today, he uh, hasn't quit his day job yet, but he's preparing to make the leap and uh, has generated enough business where he's pretty close to where he can and turned into a, just a really good uh, uh, business idea as supply chain issues have hampered some of our local manufacturing, having a, a local uh, supplier that can do some short runs and some quick turnaround runs has been uh, good for both uh, uh, PQCNC Works as well as some of our local manufacturers. So uh, PQCNC Works, you can check them out at uh, pqcncworks.com on the, the internet and uh, uh, good folks to be checking out. So anyway, uh, if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email it to us at exchange at themesh.tv. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network for hosting us, and you should go to themesh.tv to be checking out uh, the whole stable of cool and interesting podcasts that they're doing, from business to entertainment to sports to a little bit of everything. We want to thank Charles Alexander for joining us today. Charles, uh, really appreciate you uh, stopping in, uh, dropping some wisdom on us. Thank you, gentlemen. It was fun. We enjoyed it. All right. Well, We look forward to talking with you again uh, next month. Everybody be safe out there and uh, stay warm. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.